time, but you're never through. He said, child, that's our roadmap for living. The way that God can talk to me and you. That's the truth you can depend on. The truth that'll never lead you wrong. The word of God that'll never pass away. That is the truth. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Genesis uh, chapter 22. I was trying to get ready tonight for the message and everything and shave so I'd be all good and I cut my face. I cut my face. It was bleeding and you know you put you guys you put the little thing on there and try to get it to stop bleeding. I said what happened? I said well I was thinking about my sermon and I cut my face. She said, well, why don't you think about your face and cut your sermon? <laughs> what can you do? Preachers wise, amen. Amen. Uh, boy, it's good to be here back at Parkview. I feel like I'm on TV. I know why those performers all wear sunglasses now. I'm thinking about going out in the car and getting mine. Uh, I'm definitely under the spotlight here. I, uh, God is, it's amazing, as I've read through the scriptures and continue to read, Genesis 22 is a very, it's a premier passage in the Bible, obviously, so, Isaiah 53, Psalm 23, I mean, it's just a premier passage, because it deals with Abraham offering the sacrifice of his son, 
And uh, I'm amazed at what God keeps giving me out of the same uh, 24 verses that I've read. Uh, probably I can almost verify <clears throat> 100 or 150, maybe 200 times. And I thought, wow, I never saw that before. And uh, it's a, it is a premier chapter. And I pray, God, let me give you a little something that might help you tonight. Uh, of course, Genesis is a book of beginnings. You know that. And so there's a lot of things we find first mentioned in Genesis. In fact, that's a Bible principle for study. And you preachers know that. And it kind of it sets the tone and definition uh, for the word. Of course, the, God can add things to it and so forth. But there's, there's a number of words and phrases that are used the first time in Genesis chapter 22. Uh, in this passage about where Abraham offers his son Isaac. One of the ones, and you may appreciate it, uh, it's one of the words that stands out to us because of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Aren't you glad that's in there? Well, it says in, in uh, Genesis 22.2, we find the first mention of, of the word love, and we find out about the father loving the son. Also, in uh, Genesis 22, is the uh, mention of the first time of the mention of the word worship in Genesis 22, 5. And so we find uh, uh, what, what we find definitions of worship and uh, what God really thought when he used the word worship in Genesis 22. There's some other words. Uh, you may not like the first, what's in the first verse. It's the word tempt. He's not talking about tempting the sin. He's talking about trying. He's talking about your faith being tried. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations that the Lord may try you. And it's a trying. It's not a temptation to do wrong. Your faith, if you got it, is going to be tried. And it should be tried. Because, yeah, listen, we, we are here in the, uh, the auto capital of the world, and uh, they try new things, and stuff, but they test them over and over and over and over again to make sure they're going to work. They don't put it on the car the first time and see if it works. Amen. So your faith is going to be tried. Uh, God is going to use it. He's, he's not doing that to hurt you. He's doing that to build you. There's another word. Uh, that I that was that it's impressive to me and ought to be impressive to you. It's in verse number fourteen. It's the first mention in the English of the word Jehovah, and you know Jehovah Jireh. We're going to touch on that a little bit. There's a, the word Jehovah in English is only used seven times uh, in the King James Bible. I know about the other times it's it's translated Lord, but in the English, it's, so this is the first mention of the word Jehovah. The name, one of the names of God, and that ought to be important to you. Because in the model prayer, our Father, which art in heaven, our Father, hallowed be thy name. And so we ought to know something about the names of God and what they represent. It's the I am name, and we don't have time to get into that right now. This is also the chapter because there's no way you can get away from the sacrifice of the lamb for the son. And in the New Testament, we find out that what that's referring to, especially from Isaiah 53, is it's going to be the son for the lamb. 
All the sins of the world, he's going to cover. My sin, your sin, the whole world's sin is going to be covered. And I want to show you a little bit. It's going to be covered on this mountain. Let's read, and uh, it's not very many verses. I believe it will help us. Uh, it always helps to read the Word of God and hear it out loud. Verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. It wouldn't be good if he responded to God that quick. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac. Hmm. I thought he had Ishmael. Yeah, but this is the covenant son. This is the one. Whom thou lovest. Whom thou lovest, the father. Special love to the son. And get thee into the land of Moriah. And offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place, afar off, the place. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here where they ask, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand, some type of a torch type thing, and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So that satisfied the son. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now there's some debate about how old Isaac really was, but he was not some little kid. He laid on the altar willingly just like the Son of God did. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called on him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God seeing thou hast not withheld 
thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. I don't have a lot of time to go into it, but wild rams don't get caught in the thicket by their horns. That's rare. That is a very rare occurrence. And they don't stand there quietly while everybody else is making all that racket building an altar. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now that many cut him with a knife and cut the parts up and laid them on the altar and then set them on fire. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Let's pray. Father, we're going to talk about you for a little bit, if we can. If you'll help us tonight, Lord, speak to our hearts about the blessing and the privilege that we have. Help us to keep looking to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Abraham was instructed, tried, if you please, or tempted to offer his son a burnt sacrifice in the mountains of Moriah. It was a special place. We mentioned several times the word place. They saw the place. They came to the place. Just like in the New Testament, when it said in Luke, and when they were come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him with the malefactors. It says in, in Mark that they came to the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull. They went to the place. There was a place. It was a three-day journey. They took the fire and the wood and the knife. And you understand, we, we just brush through this story. Abraham's, here's the son he loves. He's walking with him for three days with this fire in his hand and with a, with a, with a special knife. I mean, I'm, we're talking about a hunting knife and we're talking about a knife that you would skin an animal with. We're not talking about a, a little pocket knife. And the wood, and he's thinking about what he's got to do. Of course he is. You, you, don't, you just don't throw things together. He, he's got a... He's, he's offered sacrifices before and sacrifices of lambs and, and those kind of sacrifices. Abraham is known for building his altars. By the way, let me just throw this out about Abraham. He's called the friend of God. And so it would do us good to pay attention to what the friend of God did and his relationship and, uh, with God because I want to be a friend of God, don't you? I know Jesus is my friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. But I want to be the friend of God. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a hindrance to God. I don't want to be a hindrance to the people. I want to be a friend of God. Well, Abraham, he knows what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to slit that boy's throat. He ties him up. And then he's going to have to cut him in pieces. Cut your boy in pieces. And then he's going to burn him for a burnt offering. By the way, in Leviticus it tells us about a burnt offering, and it's voluntary. Voluntary. Abraham went voluntary. Yes. Amen. Voluntary. 
And so he's considering this as he goes. This is on his mind. He's not, he's, he's not thinking about who's, whether Michigan's going to win the game tonight. <laughs> they are, of course, aren't they? He, he's not thinking about uh, where he's going to plant next year and, and uh, what, what he's going to do with this, with this uh, uh, servant that's giving him a problem. He's thinking about cutting up his boy and offering him a sacrifice to God, which God has never asked or never, never even considered before. By the way, could I tell you that in Hebrews we find out that Abraham just assumes somehow... It, and by the way, it says and when Abraham was tried in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11, the, the Hall of Faith chapter, it says that when he offered Isaac, well, you know the story. He didn't offer Isaac. There was a, yes, he did. Yeah. He already did it in here. He did it up here and he did it yeah. in here. He's already offered. He's already figured out how he's going to, he's already tied him and laid him on the wood. Yeah. <clears throat> He's, it's, Hebrews tells us that when he was tried, he offered Isaac. He, was offer, he offered it to him. It was voluntary. Yeah. And then, when Abraham gets ready to actually do the killing of his son, God calls to him, sometimes God's referred to, sometimes as the angel of the Lord called him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Boy, I'll tell you one thing. You want to be listening to God. And he said, now I know that thou fearest God. That you haven't withheld your only son from me, the covenant son. And he loved his boy. He loved his boy. This is the son of his old age. And so, when he saw the ram and realized what God was doing, he took the ram and he cut it up and laid it on the wood and offered it as a burnt offering up there on Mount Moriah. And so, this place became a very special place to Abraham. And I hope it's a special place to you. You say, why is that? Well, this, Abraham's not going to forget this. This is some little incident to pass by in his life. And so he calls the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. And we all know what the word Jehovah Jireh means. God will provide. God will provide. We know that. And that's, that is what it means. But that's not what Abraham called it. He called it Jehovah Jireh, but he said, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. We missed that part. The mount of the Lord. Mount Moriah. I don't have time to go into it, but if you look in 2 Chronicles chapter 3, that, that is where Solomon built the temple. It's where David offered a sacrifice that saved his people and bought, it from, bought the land from Ornan, uh, uh, the Jebusite, and purchased that, 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 that piece of property. It was on that same property, Mount Moriah, right there. And those mountains are around Jerusalem. They're hills. Uh, I, I would call, I would recognize them more as a hill. If you've been to the Smoky Mountains or the, or the, uh, or, or the mountains out west, you'd call, definitely call them a hill, but God called them mountains. 
And so Abraham, when, when he, it all came to him and he just assumed that God would be able to raise his son uh, from the dead somehow, and he, he didn't know what God... He did not know God what God was going to do. He thought he was going to kill him and then God had raised him from the dead. But God had another plan. And so he called the place in the Mount of the Lord. Do you understand why in Psalm 121 it's called the Psalm of Degrees? We, that's because they walked. It was the Psalm of Steps. As they would go up to the three, the three sacrifices and the three feasts that they went to Jerusalem, they would walk and they would quote or sing those psalms. There's 15 of them. They're called Psalms of Degrees. But that's because they walked. It'd be like Psalms of Steps. Today we drive everywhere or are driven. My wife says I drive her crazy, but yeah. <laughs> we're driven. So we would call it the Psalms of the Miles as we would travel somewhere special. It, it, it's the progression. But in Psalm 121, Psalm 21, they said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. What hills? Those hills over there in Jerusalem. The hill that, that, that Abraham had. Now, Moriah, we're talking about Calvary. The place Calvary. The hill Calvary. Some of the so-called Bible scholars, Brother, Brother Sharpetta, they say there's no proof that there really was a hill. <laughs> I will lift up my eyes into the hills. Abraham wants you to go to the mountains of Moriah. Yes. Solomon, I'm going to want you to build a temple on the Mount Moriah. Don't tell me it's not a hill. Don't tell me it's not a mountain. I went. I was very privileged to go in 2010 on a trip to Israel. Anybody been to Israel? Oh my soul! You need to send your preacher to Israel at least. He'd really become a good preacher if you do that. I mean that. He's a good preacher, but he'd become better. You know what I mean? I'm trying to plug you, Brother Brown. Take his wife, too. Uh, we traveled all over. We're, it's a definitely to 12, 8, 10-hour time zone different. And we were eating different food and sleeping in a different bed, you know. And you're trying to get everything. And, and uh, Brother Jim had worked it out. This was his seventh trip. And so that Sunday morning, we would go and do a little more exploring and a little more sightseeing before we went to church. So we're wandering around and, you know, after a while, rocks and walls and arches, I mean, okay, they're old. Yeah, this was here and this was built in, you know, from the Ottomans and all that kind of stuff. So we got, we're up on the wall, which is rebuilt somewhat. It's got some of the same foundation, but the wall's been rebuilt I had dozens of, I don't know how many different times. Anyway, we're up on the wall. We're trying to, you know, clear my mind. I don't do good until I've had a couple cups of coffee, brother, brother Bill. And so we're up there on the wall. There's 12 of us. And Brother Jim says, oh, and over there's Calvary. There was no missing it. You look it up on the internet. It looks like a skull. In fact, it, any direction you look at it, it looks, it, it's a skull. And it is a hill. Because on a hill far away yeah. stood an old rugged cross. 
the, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross with the dearest and blessed. It's, I look to the mountains. We're having a rough time, Brother Bill. Look to the mountains. What mountain? Mount Calvary. That's a good start. What? Mount Calvary. Where Jesus died for you. He was, he, 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 he was speared. He, he did. His blood was sprinkled all over there. His blood was spilled all over that ground. I'm talking in the mount of the Lord. It shall be seen. Lift up your eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. It says in Psalm 125, another one of the Psalms of degrees, it says, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. That's, a, that's another mount there, right there by the temple. And it says in, in Psalm 125, As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about His people. And it, Daniel tells us <clears throat> that He's the stone that will become the mountain that will rule the world. I will lift up mine eyes. He said, In the mountain of the Lord it shall be seen. Well, we're talking about Mount Calvary. We're talking about our salvation. It's paid. It's paid. I looked over there and there was that, that skull hill. That's where He did it. Hey, I remember the place where I was. Do you remember the place where you were when you got saved? Yeah. I do. It was, and in the church I was at, it was right here. I was about the third row back. And, and they were having an invitation for baptism because they, in that church they did not let uh, children uh, tw under 12 get baptized. But I, I, man, I wanted to get baptized. And, and a bunch of people going forward anyway. To make a long story short, I went forward and thank God, thank God, thank God. The preacher didn't ask me if I wanted to be baptized. Amen. He asked me if I, wanted, if I was saved. And I said, no, but I want to be. And I called on Christ right there. September 27, 1959. I remember the place. I've been to the place. I've taken pictures of the place. I remember the place. But He remembers the place. And we can go to that place. Yes, it was there that He paid for my sins. And He paid for my sins. I think, I think it's Romans 8.32. I think it is. And it says, He that gave us spared not His own Son... How shall He not freely give us all things? Yeah. Amen. You think God's holding out on you. You're having a difficult time. The cross answers it all. Yeah. Listen, Jesus took care of His, his earthly mother and, 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 and gave her a place to save and made arrangements while He's hanging on that cross. Yeah. You think He won't take care of you? Amen. Okay, he, listen, do you give your kids everything they ask for? No. My kids have had ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Ice cream is a good thing, but not breakfast, lunch, and dinner. God gives you... Hey, listen, He's not going to withhold anything back from you. He's, it's, it's, he's not trying to be tight with you. Listen, God will give you what you need if you trust Him. He gave Abraham what Abraham needed. Yeah. Do you know something? I messed up on my, my message and my outline already, but so I might as well just do what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> when Abraham was tried, it says... In Hebrews, he offered. I wish you could get this. God did not want Isaac to be killed. He didn't, he didn't want Isaac. He wanted to see if Abraham was willing to give Isaac. Yeah. And he gave him back 10,000 times more. 
than just Isaac. So it reminds me of the, the little girl. The father had got an had got a, uh, uh, inheritance and, from his mother and had a, had a beautiful a diamond necklace. But she had a little, a little thing that she had gotten at the dime store that she was so proud of because every little girl wants to have a nice necklace, don't they? Any girls here like to have a nice necklace? She, she had a nice necklace. And her daddy just wanted to see. He said, you love me, sweetheart. Oh, yeah, Dad, I love you, I love you, I love you. And she's, we understand she ought to have the maturity to understand everything. And he said, would you give me your necklace? What, what do you mean, Daddy? Would you give me your necklace? Daddy, that's the only one. That's my favorite necklace. He said, well, I thought you loved me, sweetheart. I said, I do love you, Daddy, but that's my necklace. I said, okay, I'll just ask him. A little while later, big tears coming down her eyes. She had the necklace in her hand. She said, Daddy, I'll, I'll give you my necklace. And he says, well, here, sweetheart, hold on to that. I've got another one I want to give you. This is Grandma's diamond necklace. I don't want your necklace. You can have that one. But I wanted to give you this one. Amen. Oh, Daddy, I can't believe. I can't believe. You see, that's what we think. We think, we think our father's trying to take something from us and going to make us poor. Yeah. You know, like that little lady that gave the... Gave, I'm, what am I saying? When Abraham was tried, he offered. When he worshipped, he offered. He offered. He offered it. <clears throat> you know why people don't give better? Because they don't trust God. They think he's going to make them poor. Oh, I couldn't give a tithe. We don't have, I mean, we got the bills and we got this and we got this. Oh, okay. You don't trust God to take care of you? Amen. You trusted him with your soul? Oh, I know, but that's different. So did Abraham. He said, Abraham, why don't you give me your son? Okay. Like, the, like Elijah asking that widow woman. Would you make me a cake? She said, Well, I'm gonna eat my cake, my last cake, and we've got some sticks and we're gonna eat this cake and out of this oil, and that's it. I got enough that we're yeah. I don't have any more to eat. He said, Go ahead and make it. He said, God'll take care of you. Make me one first. That that mean old evangelist. <laughs> he had been eating pretty good down there and eating from them unclean birds too. Them ravens. And she did. And during that famine, guess what? That poor woman who gave her last flour and oil, God provided for her for the whole rest of the time. It never ran out. Could she explain it? No. Neither will you. You see, you want to figure out, okay, if I'll do this, and maybe God will give me this, and I'll get an extra job, and God will do this. No, 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 no. What, what are you doing? Asking God and praying to God and then telling Him how to answer it? Abraham worshipped and he offered. He was... Your faith is going to be tried. Yeah. And brother Brian, brother Brown, I don't know even how. I have no idea what your finances are, but I know how the flesh works. Yes. And we're not really sure. Abraham said, "The mount of the Lord shall be seen." I don't have no worries. God offered Jesus His Son on Mount Mount Moriah, the Mount Calvary. Man, I don't I don't have anything to worry about. Paid in full. Paid in full. Paid in full. 
can you believe? Our salvation is paid in full. Paid in full. Do you know how many people will tell you they hope to get to heaven or they're trying to get to heaven? I asked the lady the other day, oh, I'm, I'm saved. I said, great, great. I said, if you were to die and uh, St. Peter was to meet you at the gate and ask you, why should he let you in heaven? I said, now, you know that's not going to happen. But if he did, what would you say? She said, well, I've been a good person. I've done this, I've done that. I'm trying to do the best I can. I said, he will make it. You can't that's get in right. by your works. You can work yourself to death. Yeah. I mean, literally, you can work yourself to death. It, it, it won't be enough. It won't even come close. He paid it all. Every dime of it, he paid it all. Brother, uh, Brother Jesse, we're, uh, we got those guys we pick up on, the, on a Sunday school bus. And uh, Ed, Ed Reese, one of them, I've, told, I've mentioned him probably before, some of you guys. Uh, maybe some of these messages I've preached before. He was the, uh, the black nation of Islam convert. I got saved when I preached on the Ethiopian eunuch one Sunday morning. Amen. Be honest with you, I was a little concerned about preaching because I knew he, at that time he was the only black guy in the service. But bless his heart, we've been working with him and praying with him and just treated him just like everybody else. He was a friend and he helped us. He was lost. Black nation of Islam. Named all his kids after, after, uh, after Islamic names. Omar and Aisha and Angelique. They're all, all Arabic names. And he got saved. And what he said was, you're the only black person in here. He's talking to you. So he got saved. <laughs> That's it. He just asked. Believed on Jesus, believed on what happened on that cross, Amen. and got saved. Well, his, he mentioned it to his cousin, who was there pretty close, his cousin Mike. You guys have met him. Cousin Mike, I've done, I've done I don't know how many funerals I've done for them. And uh, he came, and we was having Ted Alexander. You know, mild-mannered Ted Alexander. He preached the paint off the walls. And we were having a soul winning conference. And so this guy came, a service or two. Well, Saturday... It's a soul winning conference, Brother Brown. So we're going out. We're taking everybody out. Go, go try to meet people. Some knock doors. Some would go maybe on the bus ministry. And we'd try to win people to Christ. Hey. This guy shows up. Mike, black nation of Islam. Like, just like his cousin. He said, can I come? Now, Brother Brown, they didn't teach us nothing about this in soul winning classes in Bible college. What do you do when you have a black nation of Islam guy comes and wants to go with you soul winning on Saturday? Well, I said, now, you, you'll have to listen. You'll have to be like a silent partner. He says, okay. So he heard us, and we, we, we witnessed to maybe two or three people, maybe two. And he, he was with me. Didn't say anything. Very kind, very gracious. Well, we went back, and, and uh, he told his cousin. He said, I, I want to get saved. Hey. And his cousin said, that is just great. You can get saved over at a gas station. She said, you can get saved right here. I said, oh, no. We're not doing it at a gas station. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it at church. The next service was Wednesday. You folks know this, Brother Brad. I don't know how you guys do Wednesday. We normally do not have an invitation unless we have a special speaker on Wednesday. Sometimes we have an evangelist, okay. We're having a revival meeting. In fact, we've got a mission conference coming 1st of May. We'll have an invitation on Wednesday night. Usually I'm trying to get the Christians to get right with God. But we don't have an invitation on Wednesday night. We have a prayer meeting. And I teach, a, I teach a Bible lesson. We have a Bible study and a prayer meeting. We really do. 
and we break up, we take prayer requests, break up into, into, into groups, ladies and men and teens, and all over the auditorium, and we pray. Some of you have been there. Anybody been there? Some of you might. I appreciate it. You folks came out. I got 10 or 12 folks came out here tonight. And he was sitting in the service, sitting right, right about here where Carl is. He sat there with his cousin. We took in all the prayer requests. It was kind of wind down, and so I was just about ready to have everybody break up. And he raises his hand. He said, can I get saved? Hey. No, it's not time yet. You're going to have to wait till Sunday after the preacher. I said, yes, yes, Mike. I said, you want to come down and pray with me. And he come, come down and called on Christ, and God saved his soul. By the hey. way, Jesse, you did the same thing on a prayer meeting. We didn't have a, he said, I want to be saved. I'm not saved. He got saved I was last year, wasn't it? He got saved. What am I saying? Mount Calvary. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence come yeah. my help. What the help are you talking yeah. about? I'm talking about Jesus on yeah. Mount Calvary. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had some more time. I tell you about the, the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount and that mount. And I talk about another mount. But let me... How about the Mount Transfiguration? Lift up your eyes unto the hills. What happened on the mount? Well, Jesus was on the Mount Calvary, but he... Before that, he was on Mount of Transfiguration. So what happened to Mount Transfiguration? His, his clothing turned white as the light. His face, it said, was glistering. I mean, you couldn't look at him. And I mean, the glory of God shone up because it was a pre-prophecy of his, his, his revelation glory. Not just resurrection. Revelation glory was going to come back into rule and reign. He's, he's dis discussing his decease with uh, Elijah. <clears throat> And, and uh, Moses, and you know Peter, and Peter, James, and John were there, and they're just totally overwhelmed. And, and, and uh, they said, well, let, let's build three tabernacles. Don't have time to go into that. They weren't talking about building three temples. They're talking about the, te the, the tabernacles, the booths that they, they made during the Feast of Tabernacles. And uh, they, they built those booths, and it was a time of worship. And uh, that's what Palm Sunday is coming to, and all that kind of business. But it's, uh, it was up on the mountain, and it was, he was, it was about his coming rule. What? And that's what we learned. His rule. We, we're talking about his worship. And we're talking about his preeminence. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus is the answer to all your problems. Someone said, well, well, what's the question? doesn't matter. He's the answer to all of them. Where he guides, he provides his preeminence. He provides... And the voice came out of heaven, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Remember when, when Peter said, Well, Lord, we've left all. And when he was scared to death and sent that rich man away that had all that money, he said, Go give away all your money and come follow me. Go give all your money to the poor and come follow me. Now that is not the kind of soul winning I normally do. I say, no, get saved and bring your money with you. Yeah. No. God didn't want his money. God doesn't want your money. He wants you. 
we got that mission house next to the church. It wasn't a mission house. In fact, it was a fellow in there that was an alcoholic. I didn't know it. I led him to Christ. He was the first man I led to Christ 37 years ago when I came to Silver Lane, right next to the church. Through a whole send whatever, I, he moved out, and I was praying that God would give us that house for a mission house. I felt like we needed one. There's not any mission houses in the area. As far as I know, the nearest mission house is in Chelsea. That's it. No mission houses. And you've got a family like the Lawsons. Those are the ones I had in mind. There's eight of them, six kids. Uh, try putting them in a motel or two motel rooms for a week. You'll understand what the description of insanity is. But they did it. But I felt like, man, that could be used. And I saw the price go up year after year after year after year after year. But Brother Lawson was on, on the deputation, and the people moved out, this went into foreclosures. $96,000. Oh, my soul, we didn't have $96,000. Anyway, the, the real estate agent, one of the ladies in our church, the real estate agent, and, and she's a very nice lady, came and talked to us and said, Why don't you make a bid on the house? I said, Oh, man, I, I don't have it. She said, No, 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 no. That house has gone into foreclosure. I said, $96,000. She said, No, 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 no. I told her, I said, what should I bid? She said, why don't you bid $27,000? I said, well, that sounds awful cheap. She says, it's foreclosure, it's a HUD house. Why don't you just try it? So I had our folks, some of you remember, we prayed about it, and the kids started giving their offerings, and started, the kids started giving their, their savings. Amen. I mean, I just mentioned it. And Amen. I told them, now listen, now listen, we don't have it. I, you know... And people were, were giving offerings, and I, I said, we're going we're gonna to make a bid on it. doesn't mean we got it. And so we made the bid, and they came back, and they said, I rejected your bid. And I said, oh, well. And I told her, folks, I'm sorry. She said, they won't let a corporation bid on it. They want, a, they want an individual to buy the house. I said, okay. I, I thought that was pretty much it. She came back two, two weeks later. She said, they've opened it up to individuals, would you still, or to corporations. I said, well... What do you think I should bid? She said, why don't you bid $20,000? She said, yeah. So I bid $20,000, a little bit more, so it wouldn't be an even number, and we got it. And paid cash for it. Cash. No interest, Brother Bill. We need to do a, we're trying to do some work on it right now. We could really use some help. Trying to add a little room on there. The, the Lawson kids have gotten bigger. They're all, they're all grown teens now. Three girls and three guys. They've got to have more than two bedrooms. But I'm, what I'm saying, God provided that. It was, there is no way. There is no way we could have got at that price. Listen, God is the one who rules and reigns over this universe. Lift, I will lift up my eyes. Look, look on the mountain. God has taken care of everything. God's in charge of it all. Hey, <clears throat> How many, how many young ladies do we have in here under the age of 25 that aren't married? Let me see your hands. Hold them way high. Hold them. Okay. Do you want to marry a good guy? You don't marry a dumb club, do you? Do you know something in this chapter, and I don't have time to develop it, but I just mentioned it? Would you look in, in verse number 20 after all this? This is a short chapter. Look in verse 20. 
And it came to pass after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, Behold, Milcah, she hath borne children unto thy brother Nahor. Huzz's firstborn, and Buzz's brother, and Camul, and Abraham. Just mention, what in the world? Who cares about Nahor and Bethuel? And what's all that in on that chapter? But if you look a little further down, there's a name in there. Rebecca. Rebecca. Do you see it? I got my references right, don't I? Don't you see it? Down there in verse 23, and Bethuel begat Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah. Isaac's wife. While God was working on Abraham and Isaac up there on the mountain, he was also working in Nahor's family for Rebekah. He was working on both ends. He wasn't just working for the salvation, but he's working for the life and their marriage that Isaac would marry Rebekah. Would you listen, when you serve God, well, let me let you tell you, you can trust God. He'll even find you the right husband and the right wife if you let God do it. How do you think I got her? It wasn't from my good looks. <laughs> We're talking about, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. What hill? Mount Calvary. What hill? The Mount of Transfiguration. Transfiguration. Let me mention one last one. I could go to some others, but I'm just going to go to the one. Do you remember? And this is right there, right there in Jerusalem, right there around that temple, right there on Mount Moriah, the Mount of Olives. I will, we're on our way to Jerusalem. I can't wait till we see those hills. Calvary. Transfiguration, the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus prayed with the disciples. It was the resurrection. The resurrection. Do you realize your prayers are tied together with the resurrection? Jesus was on his face with those disciples in their place. The Gethsemane, so Gethsemane, yeah, means olive press. It's on the side of the Mount of Olives. The, the, uh, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes were grilling Jesus. And he said, the, the prophet, he said, they rejoiced in my name. I'm trying to remember what chapter it is. I yeah. can't remember. It's chapter 8. And he said, and, and Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He said, man, you're not even 50 years old. And you've seen Abraham? He said, oh, yeah. He said, Abraham's not dead. God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. Yes. Jesus is alive. Yes. Hey, you can, it's the Mount of Olives. They prayed and they thought Jesus was gone. The crucifixion happened. It's gone. It's all over. It's done. It'll never happen again. You'll never see Him again. Oh, maybe in heaven somewhere. No. The Mount of Olives. It's where Jesus met with the disciples and He ascended up into heaven at the, after the resurrection. Just a few yes. days. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And they watched him as he ascended up into heaven. I'm telling you, God will resurrect something. You want to see a resurrection? See a old black nation of Islam guy get saved. Yeah. Really saved. Mm -hmm. You'll see a resurrection. Had a. I'm still working a bus route. I'm trying to turn it over to one of my men. One of my a couple of my bus guys are right there. 
I pick up adults and we pick up kids. I had my I preached for my friend last week in Fort Worth, Texas. And he called me three years ago, and he said, do you remember a, a, a little girl by the name of Teresa Mann and her sister? I can't remember whether it Carol Mann or something. And I said, boy. He said, I think they were on your bus route. I said, my bus route? We're talking 1968, 1969. We're talking almost 50 years ago. And I pulled out a picture. I had a picture. I, he said, well, she was in church Sunday. And she gave testimony. When we took testimony, she was so glad for Chris Staub that picked her up on the Sunday school bus and told Amen. her how to be saved. Amen. She's a grandmother. I saw her last week. They had a community day. Of, they have a special thing where they have the old cars come in in the parking lot on Saturday. But she's the special lady who sets up the card table with the tracts and the Bibles and the, the special booklets that they give away. And she mans that table to witness to anybody who would like to find out about salvation that comes to the community day at the church. Two years ago, she, the policeman brought their special hot rod police car that they had all fixed up with the lights and everything, and they brought it as part of that show, and she led the policeman that brought the car to the Lord. Amen. She led the policeman to the Lord. And she was there again this year. I saw her hand out several booklets of Bible promises and some different things to some of, the, some of the people that came and brought their cars and are not saved. They're trying to reach the community. And I walked up to her afterward, sitting in the hot sun for a good three hours. And she said, oh, Brother Chris. She said, I, I just want to tell you how thankful I am that you showed me how to be saved. Amen. Talk about a resurrection. I hadn't seen this girl in 38 or 35 years. And she still remembers and answered a prayer that we had prayed for these kids that, hey, I didn't think I'd ever see her again. I'm telling you, that the, the Mount of Olives tell us that what Jesus said is true. His promises are guaranteed. We're praying to the living God. And you can have a personal relationship. Where? Look to the hills. Look to the mountain. Jehovah Jireh, God's going to provide. Why? Listen, He gave us His Son. He'll give you anything that you really need. Are you looking to the hills? Are you looking to Him? Are you looking out here somewhere? Every head bowed, every eye closed.